Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, Uh, yes we do. Hello, hello. Are you there, Ray? Hello, hello, (laughs) and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and it is the Monday after. Wow. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, today at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts on the Super Bowl, man. Did the Patriots win it or did the Falcons choke it away and lose it? Also, RayandTayToday.com, RayandTayToday social media. Just check us out. Ray, we had ourselves, I don't know if I can say a classic or top five, but the greatest comeback ever in NFL history, down 25 points, down 28 to three with two minutes to go. You and I texting back and forth. Everybody's wondering what's going on. And then the man shows up. Let's get into it. I'm going to let you get the first peek at it. Tell me what you thought of the Super Bowl. And now is the conversation over. Belichick and Brady, are they the goats at QB and quarterback? I think they were before. So if you think that, then they certainly are afterwards. Now, we can debate on if Brady's the absolute best quarterback that's ever played, but certainly his accomplishments are unparalleled. And it's hard to even imagine anybody winning five Super Bowls. And you know what? He might win one or two more. But let's say his career ended today. Five Super Bowls, he's the GOAT at his position. Bill Belichick needs to be considered the GOAT at coach and GM. So, to me, these two are really, you know, for the foreseeable future, I mean, the the guy that's going to beat either of those two hasn't been born yet. So, <laughs> if they do get beaten at some point, it's not – Well, you never know what Russell seen. Wilson – be fair, Russell, Russell's got, got, got some years in him. No, Russell Wilson is not going to be better than Tom Brady. I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, I mean, I hear you. He's young, and and if he's got 20, you know, I don't know if he's got 20, but he's got 15 more years ahead of him, and he wins five or six Super Bowls. But the chances of that happening are unlikely. Remember, Pete Carroll is the oldest coach in, in the NFL. So even if you think Pete Carroll's the man, Pete Carroll's 62, 63 years old. So Pete Carroll's, I mean, unless he's Marv Levy, He's not going to coach until his late 70s. I'll tell you this, Ray. What we saw last night was basically the first half for Atlanta and the second half for New England. And oddly enough, (laughs) of all people to chime in with some good insight, my wife, Alana Taylor, 
she actually said she thought the game turned when the Patriots got the field goal to end the half in a sense that she thought it gave them enough or a little taste of momentum that in the second half, you know, that they were like, hey, we didn't get, you know, we didn't get donuts. You know, we got three. We made turnovers. We made mistakes. The pick six that we can just, you know, do play clean football and we'll be back and we'll handle our business. So I thought that was some good insight, and, and maybe she was right, you know, but I think the second half was Belichick and Brady at their finest. We both look at some fascinating stats. If I told you that both teams rush for 104 yards, I mean, that would be something that would shock you, where Atlanta, they did it only on 18 carries and two gentlemen, and the Patriots did it on 28 car- uh, um, carries, but five different rushers, including Edelman and Brady. And, you know, Ray, I got to tell you, we looked at it last night, but the the time of possession and the amount of plays the Patriots ran, of course, Dan Quinn saying his team was gassed. He would have to be. I I guess in the final count, it was like 93 plays to like, you know, less than 50. That's too much. And those young guys in the first half, they were playing like they wanted to shock the world. Give them credit. The defense played above their heads than more than what you all thought. Deion Jones, Upshaw. I mean, I was like, wow, where did Upshaw come from? I mean, how impressed were you with Dan Quinn's defense, especially in that first half, Ray? So I think this is going to be the case for both teams, that both teams can really take away a lot. And the Atlanta Falcons certainly in the first quarter – held the Patriots to zero in the first, in the second quarter, held the Patriots to three points. So unbelievable first half for the Patriots. And we we counted the plays. I think it was 87 or 88 or 89 plays. I think it was. Eventually they got run down. Eventually too much time on the field. And then they had to do those three drives in the fourth quarter. And then eventually overtime as well. So I think they just ran out of gas. But you know what? Hold your head up high. If you're the new, uh, sorry, the Atlanta Falcons defense, you played a great game. You really did. Uh, you, you know, the, the clock was just, you just had to play too many minutes and too many snaps. But credit to Dan Quinn, credit to, you know, what these guys were able to accomplish. Um, this, look, this Atlanta Falcons team, if you want to look at the glass half full, you can say they're young. They are, they've got the skill position players locked down. You know, hopefully Alex Mack didn't do any more damage to that leg. And these guys have a way of retooling and they need one or two, you know, solid defensive players. And there's no reason to think that they couldn't be in the elite NFC teams for the next five years. That that's possibly true. Um, I could see some issues coming up with Freeman and his agent, Luther Campbell's uh, either sister or wife, talking about, you know, three days or four days before the Super Bowl, they want a new contract. Um, yeah, that, that didn't help. At, yeah, that didn't help. But you also look at the landscape of the NFC, let's be honest. Packers, Seahawks, Cardinals, Cowboys, Giants, Redskins, Tampa Bay, Panthers. There's a lot of teams each year that are battling for the right to get there. The NFC is a little bit, and the Vikings, I didn't even mention them, a little bit more top-heavy 
than the AFC. I mean, I threw it out there on Twitter, and I, I got to say, Ray, we'll see what people say. But the question is really, I mean, can the Patriots repeat? Can they go to Minneapolis in Super Bowl 52? And right now they're the odds on favorites. And you, you'd have to say, well, in the AFC, maybe Pittsburgh stops them. Maybe, you know, I don't think the Chiefs. Maybe it's the Raiders. But I got to tell you, man, when you look at the mistakes, that the Falcons made, they have to be killing themselves. And not only did they keep their offense, their defense on the field so much by the lack of third down conversions, but only running the ball 18 times, that was a killer. You know, and as great as Julio was, he only had four catches for 87. They just were like four of the best catches you might have ever seen, including that last one, which, you know, you called it. Matt Ryan should have never even thrown that ball, but Julio was just, you know, that was grown man strength, how he performed. But Coleman gets banged up. Freeman misses that block. Matt Ryan, second and 11. You can kind of get on Shanahan for the play calling. You know, after the great Julio catch, second 11, he takes the sack. And then third down, Jake Matthews on Chris Long has the hold. And they get out of field goal range. If Matt Bryan hits that 52 or 53-yarder, Ray, and we discussed this off air, I mean, it's a two-score game, and they don't have enough time to do it. You know, the Falcons have got to be killing themselves. Killing themselves. Look, on offense and even play calling. So there were a couple of throws, even the one that that he makes that unbelievable catch. Julio Jones does down the the sideline, gets the little toe tap, both feet in bounds. That ball should never be thrown. That ball gets picked off. 70, 80% 70, 80% of the time or knocked away. You can't have that when you're ahead in the Super Bowl. So on the one hand, you got to respect the Atlanta Falcons for doing and playing the same way they play to get there. That's how they played in the fourth quarter. But not really, though. Freeman it only had two smart. receptions, Ray. Wait, wait, I got to argue with you on that one because not really. Freeman only had two receptions. Coleman had none. They didn't get the little slant patterns that they normally get to, uh, you know, um, uh, Taylor, Gabriel, and, and Sanu. I mean, come on, Sanu had two receptions, and so did Gabe, and Gabriel had three. You got to get these receivers the ball. I think some of the patterns they were running were too long. Well, both teams, both teams had five sacks. No, that, that's okay. I can, I can live. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with that argument. I, I'm just saying they never went into fourth quarter play from ahead three yards and a cloud of dust, although that can't really happen indoors on turf these days. But you know what I'm right. saying? They did yeah, go no. into conservative mode. You're right. You could argue with some of the some of the the, the, the individual pass plays that they that they called, but they didn't That's sit on the ball, yeah. which a lot of teams would have. But but you know what? They didn't get any fir- they didn't get any what they get two first downs in in that fourth quarter. Uh. They didn't get enough first downs. They didn't chew up the clock. Their play calling was a little bit, not a little bit, it was very suspect. They shouldn't have been throwing the ball on that last drive when you just needed to get five to seven yards to give Matt Bryant, who's got a big leg, but anyway, you want him to kick a 45-yard field goal and not a 52-yard field goal. So, you know what? Kyle Shanahan's going to move on to San Francisco, but he's certainly going to be kicking himself, and people are certainly going to be questioning his play calling. Now, he's the same guy that led them to a top five all-time offense, right? But at the end of the day, 
This is what people don't understand about football. Situational football is so important. And so key. Yeah. It, it it really, you know, and Did I'm a big believer. He said he blew it, right? Give him credit. Today he said yeah. he blew it. Kind of yeah, he did. Hold on. Looks like we got a caller wants to talk some, maybe talk some Super Bowl, talk some football. Hello, caller. You're on the air with Ray and Tay. No, there's no caller there. Okay. So uh, that, that takes a big man to say that he blew it. And frankly, you got to say decision-making wasn't great. Decision-making wasn't great in the fourth quarter. Uh, but again, I come back to Atlanta Falcons fans and the organization still need, need to hold their head up high. They really do. You know, obviously we're talking about the, the all-time greatest, you know, run in football, five championships since 2001. So what's uh, that, uh, 15 years, five and 15 years? That's, it's that's, amazing. You know, that's unbelievable. Um, and, and you had them on the ropes, 21-3. And frankly, you can't say that that the Patriots were the better team. They executed better in the last 18 minutes of the game. But you dominated those first, you know, those first, uh, what was that? Uh, they scored. The Patriots scored on their last five drives. That's amazing. You know, um, Tom Brady, man, let's, you know, you got to applaud the MVP. 466 yards, two TDs, one interception. He rushed for 15 yards. Uh, James White deserved to get the truck that Brady gave him like he gave to Butler and go to Disneyland or Disney World today or whatever. But, Ray, I mean, Brady gave you kind of his best, not for last, because I think he's saying three to five more years. I would probably say three. So you could say he has a shot for Super Bowl 52, three, and four. And I don't bet, you know, they tell you bet on block. Well, bet on Brady and Belichick. Couple things. Let's talk about 111.3 million viewers. It went up to a 113, I believe, for the second or third year in a row. Halftime got more viewers in uh, for Lady Gaga. A little bump there. Um, what did you think about her overall performance? I'll say first for me. Um, you know, they came out today with, I guess, the truth or admitted they recorded the, you know, the entrance pre-recorded it and then she you know she did a little bit you know coming in and I like the catch of the football I you know she's not a dancer so that part entertainment wise you know she was kind of awkward in her movements but I think she's a great singer um you know we've talked off air I think she kind of copied Madonna but she's more talented than Madonna as a pure singer and artist and piano and you know just musicianship um I was entertained wasn't my best, wasn't top five, but I thought overall Lady Gaga did a pretty good job. I thought she was great. I really did. I thought that, uh, you know, given that she was a solo artist, and, and you're right, most of the solo artists can carry the show, and I thought she did carry the show. I thought she was, look, like you said, she's not the greatest dancer. She's not the greatest entertainer, uh, but she's a, a fine entertainer. She's got a great voice. She can she can hold the stage. So I thought it was I thought it was a very enjoyable uh, performance. So you know what? So she didn't fly in from the moon, but that's okay. <laughs> it was uh, it was a great. Uh, I thought it was a great halftime show. I think I think it goes down as a, as a as a wonderful overall Super Bowl. I think between the halftime show, the game, 
the, the competitiveness, the coming back from that 25-point deficit when the largest deficit ever was 10, I think all in all, Super Bowl 51 was a huge success for, for Houston, well, for the NFL. What are those critics who said it was a boring Super Bowl, that it was one half for one team, another half for the other team? Do you agree with that at all or no? I do. I do agree with that. But in spite of that, I thought it was great because, look, at the end of the day, you and I know – to get 60 minutes, well, uh, whatever it ended up being, 60, what was it, 65, 66 minutes of, of football, to have every minute be competitive is very, very unlikely. So if you told me that you had a gripping fourth quarter and an <laughs> overtime and legendary performances, 14 catches by White, 466 yards by Brady, the fifth Super Bowl for Brady, the fifth Super Bowl for, for Belichick, Atlanta almost winning their first, and Matt Ryan, the, the MVP. I mean, so many storylines. So, yeah, right. the, first, the first half was a little bit of a dud, 21-3, but maybe that's what you needed to make this game competitive because if New England was playing the way they played in the fourth quarter, it would have been a New England blowout, and that's what some people had predicted. I mean, you and I both predict closer than that. So, to oh, yeah. me – yeah, was it a perfect game? No. Was it a little bit like 21-3 first half? It was those two turnovers in the first half that actually kept the game that way. So it's not like Atlanta was dominating. I mean, they dominated the scoreboard. Don't get me wrong. 21-3 is pretty right. dominant. But, you know, uh, LeGarrette Blunt fumbles at midfield and Brady throws a pick six. So it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like Atlanta just took the ball every time and ran it down their throat. It was just a couple of mistakes by New England, and it was a fairly competitive first half. Brady still had good numbers, and so I, I'm okay with that. I, I thought it was a good, it wasn't a fabulous game, but I thought the ending made up for anything that was slow in the first half. Yeah, that last stretch was my and and in my mind, I was like, these guys are going to do it because when I and in my head, when they were down the, the 16 points. Two touchdowns, two two-point conversions. I was like, all Atlanta has to do is stop one of them. But then I was like, he'll just get it to Amendola. And give Amendola credit. Had a great game. Edelman, the clutch. I mean, Ray, let's be honest. Edelman's catch goes up there with Antonio Holmes, David Tyree, uh, you know, Manningham. I mean, all the great catches that we've seen over the years. Uh, Edelman is right in there. Lynn Swan, you mentioned that yourself. Uh, Edelman. Because I'll say this, it helped him that it landed on the defender, but his level of focus to catch it with three dudes on him, right? That right there is like, I mean, Edelman is balling. Like, oh, man, I got to give him credit. But I got to tell you, hearing them boo Roger Goodell, I (laughs) thought that was apropos, fitting, and it was kind of, it was good. Now, today at the press conference, Brady was classy. Belichick was classy. I thought, you know, last night Kraft saying that this is the sweetest of them all and what they've been through the last two years was definitely, a, you know, a little jab at Roger, um, which he deserves. And guess what? Now he's got to come back to Gillette, go to Foxborough for Thursday night to start off the 2017 season. And, the fa- and then we'll finally close the gate forever. The fans will get to boo him like no one's ever heard in history and then we could say goodbye to it. But for anyone that still feels that this franchise is more cheaters than they are good, 
wouldn't you say that this fifth ring and the way that they came back, wouldn't it just, I mean, for you and I, it puts it to bed. But what would you say to those people, Ray, that still, ah, 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 you know, kind of, I don't want to call them haters, right? Because they're, they're definitely a smoke where there's fire. But I just, I just don't think it's valid anymore. Look, are they pushing the envelope? Absolutely. Are they <clears throat> crossing into gray area, maybe crossing the line? I'm pretty sure. I don't have the evidence, but I'm pretty sure they are. So, yes, all of that is true. But at the end of the day, I think, first of all, I think other teams are doing it too. So let's not be naive to think that the, oh, yeah. <laughs> the New England Patriots are the only team working to try and get in. The it was, they but, were talking about the Colts today, that they were stealing signs years, years ago. So, But look yeah. at what they're doing on the field. Look at what they do. You know, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. They never overpay for anybody. They're trading yeah. guys that you thought, like Jamie Collins, like how could you really get rid of a Jamie Collins? How can you get rid of some of these players that they're getting rid of? And yet they keep winning. They keep winning and they win with and, and I was thinking about this. We're going to go down and remember this Super Bowl. We're going to remember Tom Brady as being one of the greatest football players of all time, probably the greatest quarterback, maybe the the greatest ball player of all time. And think about who he's been throwing. Think about who he's won Super Bowl with. His his leading receivers cuz Gronk was hurt. But so his leading receivers are going to be Mitchell, Amendola. I mean, Amendola was on the Dallas Cowboys practice squad. Got cut from the Dallas <laughs> Cowboys. Remember in one of those first hard knocks, Malcolm oh, yeah. is a is a is a rookie. Uh, Julian Edelman was a quarterback at Kent State. Troy Brown, remember Troy, was a converted wide receiver who play play cornerback, you know, it's unbelievable if you look at the guys that he's won with and the people that they've just turned into pro players. I mean, this kid Hogan played one year of football. He was a lacrosse player. It's unbelievable. Each player has a new story, and it just is, is amazing. And Brady is the William Shakespeare of it all, Ray. He is the author. He's the pen. And they all benefit, but without him, they're not necessarily as good. But, I mean, from Wes Welker to Edelman to, like you said, even Bennett and Madola, Hogan, but James White. I guess for a minute, we got to give James White love because three touchdowns, um, one receiving, two rushing. But like you said, 14 receptions, that either ties or broke the receiving record in, in a Super Bowl 14, I think it break, broke uh, Terrell Owens, but 14 for 110, Ray, out of a running back. Um, and we thought that would be Deion Lewis. You know, that was James White. So impressive. Um, let me ask you this, though. We got to kind of turn it forward. Do they trade Jimmy G and get a first or second round pick from either the Browns or the Bears or Jets? What do you think or say about that? Because Brady's not sure. going anywhere. They can't keep him. If you can get a first or a second round pick from Jimmy Garoppolo, then absolutely. Because you're not ready to replace Brady and you don't want to pay a premium until you have to. And they're probably, assuming health, they're probably a good two, three, four years away from having to replace Brady. So you got to let Jimmy go and get yourself another 
first round pick, and then maybe next year's draft. Uh, right, I don't think Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett's going to be the answer. So I think in a draft or two, you're right, they'll have to select that guy. But if if that first or second round pick is the difference in winning another Super Bowl or playing for Brady's future, I think you got to win win while you have Brady. Oh, without a doubt, you could go I and mean, get you a nice. Unless you receiver. thought, unless you thought he's the next Aaron Rodgers, who sat those three years behind behind Brett Favre, which I don't think you do. But if you think he's the next Aaron Rodgers, you hold on to him. But he's going to get frustrated because he's, he's not going to play. I think he's good, but I don't think he's Aaron Rodgers. But I think we know Belichick. He's not going to overpay for a backup quarterback. So strategically, he feels he can find another Jimmy G. And right now, he can go get him a corner and a wide receiver <laughs> to help Brady win another one. You know? Fair enough. And, and, and another, like and another say, offensive lineman. So, I mean, he'll, he'll turn it into draft picks. Let's step away for football for a second, and we'll get to the NFL honors, which was a great show, and the awards and the Hall of Fame real quick. Number one, Gonzaga. Number two, Villanova. Number three, Kansas. Number four, Louisville. Number five, Oregon. This week, we have Duke, North Carolina, which is basically number eight against, uh, what, Duke moved up because they beat Pitt up to 18. Give me your thought on rivalry week. Does... Does North Carolina take care of the Dukies, or does Duke finally turn it around and get it together? Well, it's going to be Shashevsky's second game back. So they have. And it's at Cameron. It's at Duke. It's at Cameron. So they probably, you know, I'm going to say they win this game, Duke does. Carolina is always suspect to, you know, getting beat in Cameron. Everybody is, right? Even though Carolina is probably humming and probably playing better, I think Duke will find a way to win at home. And then on the last game of the of the ACC season, right before the ACC tournament, Carolina will return the favor and win in Chapel Hill. I think North Carolina sweeps them. Now, another one. Really? Yeah, okay. another good matchup this week coming up. I believe it's either, yeah, tomorrow. You had UCLA battling Oregon, number 10 against number five, does UCLA turn it around and take care of Oregon at home? I think so. I think UCLA is a better team than they've played and than they've shown in the last two, three weeks. So this is the team that was number one doing their thing. I think that team returns. I think Oregon's a little bit overrated. Uh, Oregon and Baylor at the bottom of the top five probably fizzle a little bit. But Don't say that to Arizona. Arizona just got smacked by Dylan Brooks and the boys. <laughs> they did. They did. Woo! But I've seen, I've seen that Oregon team lay an egg too. So they're not as consistent as I'd like to see them. I, I, I'll be interested to see in a Pac-12 in a Pac-12 tournament, how they do? Yeah, some some good games should be fun. Villanova's got a tough week at home against G Town and at Xavier. Um, you know, maybe they get clipped off at Xavier. We'll see. So, you know, listen, college basketball is heating up. We'll talk a little bit more about it Friday, and then now the NFL offseason is is gonna, you know, kind of turn to the next page as we have. Um, the Combine coming up March uh, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, I believe. 
But let's let's end the show and the NFL sort of regular season. You're now listening to the NFL Talk. And the Hall of Fame class, Ray, Kurt Warner, LaDainian Tomlinson, Terrell Davis, Jason Taylor, Morton Anderson, I said Kurt Warner. Then you have Jerry Jones and Kenny Easley. Paul Tagliabue was snubbed. They didn't do eight guys. They did seven. And, of course, Terrell Owens, second year in a row, shafted. I think it's disgusting and a travesty. I think the voters are fools and should be slapped in their mouths. Your thoughts on what they did to Terrell Owens and the five guys that did get in. I don't have a problem with the five guys that got in. I think they're all borderline Hall of Famers, if not Hall of Famers. But I think it's outrageous that the guy who is second in yards, touchdowns, in any sport, in any of those major categories, is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. So if you didn't tell me his name, and if you didn't tell me that the media didn't like him and he rubbed people the wrong way and did all that, you know what? We need to stop trying yeah. to be holier than that. Holier than that, yeah. The game is played between the lines. Was this guy one of the best wide receivers of all time between the lines? 100% yes. Is he a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Why are we jerking him around? This guy needs to be in the Hall of Fame immediately. And he's not, you know, I use the Don Sutton analogy. John Sutton, all due respect, but Don Sutton won 15 games 20 times to give him 300 wins, and he's a Hall of Famer in baseball. Terrell Owens was not Don Sutton. You needed to know where Terrell Owens was at every time Terrell Owens played hurt. Terrell Owens showed up. Terrell Owens. He ran the whole route tree too, Ray. He ran the route tree. There's nothing he couldn't do. The one thing you can say is for an elite, elite receiver, he didn't have elite hands. So he wasn't Randy Moss. He wasn't Odell Beckham. But you know what? This guy was a superior athlete, and he did unbelievable things, and he showed up to play. Gosh, he played in the Super Bowl, had 13 receptions, right? White had 14 with a broken leg, recovering from a broken leg, this guy is a Hall of Famer, and, and there's just no two ways about it. I'm sorry. So 100% disappointed in Terrell Owens being left off. Ray, I totally agree. It's mind-boggling. And next year, Randy Moss, Erlacher, and Ray Lewis are coming. So are you going to say, okay, Randy has to wait a year? Are you going to put them both in, which is fair? But, I mean, like, to me – Terrell Owens never quit, and I love Randy Moss, but he quit, Ray. And quitting is worse than being what they accuse him of being a bad teammate. Terrell never quit, and he made his teammates' jobs easier on the football field because he always had to be double-teamed. Come on. Ah, I don't know. But happy for LaDainian, happy for a kicker, Morton Anderson. Kurt Warner's the greatest guy um, you know, you've you got to be happy for TD Terrell Davis. We know he carried our guy Elway to two rings and 2,000 yards. 
Um, happy for Jason Taylor, although I don't think he's first ballot at all, Ray. I would have put in John Lynch or Ty Law or even Brian Dawkins, but I guess Jason Taylor, when you look at the stat, 139 sacks he's deserving, but not first ballot for me. Uh, good class. And, of course, Jerry Jones. How about them Cowboys? And Kenny Easley, we remember him with the Seahawks. He was a good player. Definitely a Hall of Famer. So, um, you know, that's it, man. Were you, did, you, did you like the NFL honors? Was it a good yeah, show? I, think I still think they're tweaking it. You know, their production value, they're trying to come up to speed. But they have such an intense, loyal following that they'll get it right. You know what? They yeah. can make the show better. They can make the whole Well, they love everybody better. loves Keegan, um, the guy from Key and Peel, Keegan, whatever his last name is. But um, he's a little extra for me, but I, I know he's funny. And some of his stuff with the, you know, like looking at the clips, of Andy Reid and Aaron Rodgers, that was brilliant. And Tony Romo, that was really funny. Some of the other stuff I, I didn't care for, but he, he's a, you know, he had his funny moments. And man of the year, we got to give it to him. Props to Eli and Larry Fitzgerald. So, hey, Cold good man show. of the year. <laughs> yeah. Co-men Cold of the man. year, right? Co-men of the year. We the men of the year, yo. That's Ray and Tay. So, Ray and Tay, let us continue. That's next year. Yes, let us continue to be your men of the year. And keep listening. We say goodbye to football, but we will be – we'll give you our mock draft. We'll talk to Combine, free agency. We're not going to abandon football because the season's over but it's time to focus on the NBA and college basketball. So join us Friday. Thanks for listening. We'll be talking about some of these, you know, NBA battles and all that good stuff. You know, John Wall against LeBron tonight, Isaiah Thomas is killing it and uh, trade rumors. So good show. We'll see you on Friday. Have a great sports week. We are.